This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Hi everyone, you're listening to Thoughts and Theories on ORFM, where I'll delve deeper into the meanings and messages of films, books, TV shows, and more. I'm Asha Amaasri, and let's get into it. Hi everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Thoughts and Theories. How is everyone doing? I've been doing great. I just watched a movie before, and I had to immediately rush to my computer and start recording because this this is good uh this is really good like i have so many thoughts and so many theories (laughs) you see that title reference no (laughs) no okay no but no actuals i've got so many like i i don't even know what's going on i feel like i need to watch this movie again in order to fully understand it properly and everything but um on i should probably like take a step back and catch you guys up a bit. So the movie that I'm talking about is called the, what what is it called? It's called The Call. Uh, And it's a 2020 South Korean film. Um, So if any of the, if for anyone who's like into K-dramas or anything, y'all know what's up. It's it's really good, uh, but it's it's a movie instead of a K-drama. And it stars Park Shin-hai. If you don't recognize the name she is the main character of the k-drama the ears or the other name is the inheritors um and also the other actress who is also a main character is john jongso i'm sorry if i'm saying the names wrong but yeah those two are the main characters or main actresses of this movie so if you guys recognize those actresses y'all know that this movie is going to be lit so it came out in 2020 and it's a thriller slash mystery vibe As y'all know, I hate, 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 like, horror or ghost movies or anything like that. It just, it creeps me out too much and I just have too fragile of a mentality to be able to take that, like, a, and and move on, because I can't. I can't move on. I've got a very strong imagination. So if I watch one horror movie, that's gonna, like, haunt me for, like, the next six months basically. But I was tricked into watching this film, so here I am. Uh, except, uh, it's not actually, uh, it's not, mm, it's not a ghost movie, that's for sure, but it's not, it's not reality either. It's, um, it's a bit fantastical, but that, fantastical is kind of like a stretch to call it. But I don't know, I don't know, you guys who have never heard this film, it's probably like, what are you on about, Asha? Yeah, well, sorry, I, I get carried away. So, uh, the call is, quite the complicated movie I think uh, that's why I'm saying it's um you need to watch it twice because it's sort of mind trippy like think about Inception uh or something like that right it's a lot about time and things I'll just read the the description online and then I'll talk about it in my own words so from Google according to Google this is what it says Connected by phone in the same home, but 20 years apart, a serial killer puts another woman's past and life on the line to change her own fate. That is the gist of the movie. But it doesn't say much, basically. Uh, so I'll clarify it for you. So we follow the main character, Soo Yeon, 
right, who removes into her old house, uh, into her old family house. We know that she's got a very strained relationship with her mother, and um, and her mother is currently terminally ill. She's got a she's got cancer. The reason why she isn't the main character So Yeon isn't close to her mother is because we find that her mother had actually been responsible for her father's death in the past, uh, and that is because like of a gas leak. Like she forgot to turn off the stove on in the kitchen while she was cooking, and that had caused a fire in the home. And so, therefore, her father died. So that is the reason why they're not close. Anyway, so she removes the main character removes into her old family home, um, and there she finds an old cordless phone. You know those brick phones from back in the olden days? Yeah, one of those. Um, the reason why she re uh, the reason why she picks that up again that she, like she replugs that and uses that instead of an actual phone because she lives in 2019 that's the timeline the reason why she uses that phone is because she lost her phone um but the thing is when she was living there and vibing basically she gets a call from this uh random number um who talks about like her mother torturing her and asking for help and like what one of the calls literally was like help me please like my mom's gonna burn me alive please come now and then the main character's just like hold up what 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 is going on i'm like she realizes every time that this person on the other side of the phone is calling a wrong number because this other person keeps calling a different name, uh, who obviously isn't the main character. We find out the person on the phone is called Oh Yun Sok. So Oh Yun Sok uh, keeps calling her number by accident, and we know from the phone calls that she also has a terrible relationship for, with her mother, except in this case, the mother is very abusive, and the mother keeps, like, doing weird things to her, and, like, hitting her, and, like, I don't know, trying to burn her alive and all that stuff. Um, and one day, uh, after getting this call from the random person on the phone, Oh Yun Sok, um, the main character realizes that they both live in the same house, which is obviously impossible. Uh, but they live in the same house, but in a different timeline. Like, the person on the phone, Oyeon Sok, she is from the time 1999. And the main character, Suyeon, she is from the time 2019. So they are 20 years apart. And um, once the main character realizes this, they, you know, they sort of talk it out and try to debunk each other and try to, like, oh, um, like, oh, like, this happens in the future, there's this, like, car crash or whatever, I don't know, I don't know. She, like, does something to prove, yeah, I am indeed actually from the future, and finally when they believe each other and everything, they bond and there's this friendship growing, and it's really cute, you know? <clears throat> the thing is, um, the main character reveals that her dad died in 1999, and then the, it was actually the other girl on the phone, Oh Yun Sook, who, the one who lives in the past, she's the one who was like, oh, wait, I live in 1999, that happens in a few days, like, I can totally go and save him, the main character's like, yo, what, not actuals? Yeah, no, go ahead, please, that would be awesome, so she does go to the house, the, the girl in the past does go to the house, turns off the fire, and saves the dad, and then we see in real time, present day um the main character's life changes and 
the reality around her literally shatters and she has like a different hairdo, different clothes, her house is revamped and everything and then suddenly she finds that her mom is alive and she looks healthy and her dad is alive and he is looking like very energetic and healthy and happy and so the main character is obviously like out of her mind with happiness like oh my god my my family is back together and everything's awesome and perfect and happy and dandy. But this is where things start to go downhill. Everything was really cute, of course. Like, the friendship um, between the girl in the past and the girl in the present. They're both, like, vibing. And now the girl in the present, so Yun, she has her full family back. And things, things are going good. But as life continues on... So Yeon, the main character, gets more and more entrenched into her own life. Like, she's she's rediscovering what it's like to live with actual proper, uh, proper loving mom and, like, having her dad alive again. And so she's, you know, getting sidetracked into her own life. And so she, therefore, has, like, no longer enough time to entertain calls from a girl from the past. And the girl from the past, she we know from her that her mom is incredibly abusive. Well, not in this in the abusive way for the sake of being abusive but I'll get that I'll get back to that later but like her mom is abusive and she's never allowed outside the house and she's completely isolated from her peers and everyone else so she's completely all alone right so these calls that she gets from Soyeon the main character are very precious moments they're probably the most happiest time she's always been and now that she's helped the main character suddenly the main character's ditched her for these parents and now she's all alone again and obviously that's gonna hurt her a lot and she's back to being isolated and that affects her very adversely mentally um and so that is when things start to go downhill so far what i've told you hasn't been spoilers this is literally the first 15 or so minutes of the film so everything here is like you should know already. If you guys are intrigued by this film and you don't want to be, like, you know, you don't want to get any spoilers, I recommend you guys to stop listening now and go watch the film and then you guys can come back for my thoughts and analysis and whatever, right? So go watch the film if you're intrigued. If you've already seen it or if you don't care and you just want to hear what's up, then let me continue the story. So from here on out, the girl is, like, you know, really upset. Finally, the main character, Soyeon, calls her back and is like, yo, sorry, uh, I was spending my the day and stuff with my parents. And we just get, like, this terrible, like, laughter from the girl in the past, Oyeon So. And she's just so, she's like laughing from anger, exasperation, we're not quite sure. But she's sort of cut off because her mom sort of drags her away and, um... The mom picks up the phone instead and is like, who are you? Why are you calling my daughter? Don't call her again. And then hangs up like that. And then we see from the from Oyun Sok's perspective in 1999, she's dragged into the basement, she's tied in her chair, and she gets a terrible whipping. So bad, in fact, that Oyun Sok actually starts to have a seizure and she seizes on the ground and collapses. Like, the chair collapses backwards and stuff. And um, at this point, I feel like I should give you some backstory on who the mom is and stuff like that. So Oyun Sok's mother isn't actually her mother. It's her adoptive mother. And she is a very religious figure. Like, she's, um, she's a shaman, I think. Or someone who at least believes in that sort of stuff. So, like, rituals and stuff like that. She keeps saying that Oyun Sok, the girl in the past, has terrible feng shui energy. I think that's what it is. Like, she's got really bad aura and, like, 
um, the mother is trying to fix that. And she's trying to fix that by, you know, putting all these, um, like, these talismans outside the room, making sure she eats these, like, peach tree sticks or whatever for dinner. So they're, like, very terrible food. They're practically just trees. Um, and she keeps her isolated and, like, throws powder at her. You know, all those religious practices. Um, I'm sorry, I hope I don't disrespect anyone's like religious practices if you do believe in this but it's just in this film it's put in a very frowned upon light as you know this is sort of like the effects or um reasoning behind what happens next you know so all this abuse and stuff like that starts to get to Oyon so and stuff and um the main character from the present, So Yeon, she gets like concerned, obviously. So she actually starts searching up Oyeon So and, you know, trying to find her online. Like any present says, like, oh, it's only twenty years different. Like surely, surely she's still alive, and surely we can actually contact in the prison. You know, sort of vibe, right? But then she comes across this article that says, um, like, the mother actually killed her daughter. Um, because of, like, a misguided attempt to heal her from mental illness. Obviously, the main character seeing that is like, no way, my friend's gonna get killed by her own adoptive mother. So she, you know, waits for that call from the past, and, um, once Oyun Sok finally calls her again, she's like, yo, I think your mom's gonna kill you tonight. You gotta be careful of her. So Oyun Sok is shocked, and she's just like, um, thanks for the warning. Uh, I'll get back to you on that. And then... Yeah, true to true to the main character's word, later that night her mom does try to kill her. And the main character, the, not the main character, sorry, uh, Oyun Sok is obviously very, very, you know, hurt, upset, and shocked about this. Because even though her mother treated her badly, and they had a terrible relationship, and her mom was just doing things that hurt her and stuff like that, that's still her mother. So she was like, but she was so filled with rage and hatred that she ended up killing her mother instead in a fit of rage. But she didn't feel regret for it, and she actually felt very happy and free for the first time. Because her mother ruled the household with an iron fist. Like, almost literally. Because, you know, she abuses her daughter all the time. And now that Iron Fist is gone, she suddenly has all this freedom. And so she sort of goes crazy with this freedom, goes out, eats fried chicken. She gets her, uh, she doesn't get her hair dyed. She gets like a wig, she gets a new wardrobe and makeover and stuff. And she's happy. She's living her life. The main character in the prison, or in the future in this case, uh, she's living her life as well with her parents and stuff. The thing is, though, uh, Oyun Sok, she ends up killing another dude because that dude found the body pieces of her mother in the fridge. Oh yeah, by the way, Oyun Sok cuts her mother in pieces and puts her in plastic bags and stores it in the fridge. Yeah. That that's a thing. <laughs> um obviously with the body found or the body pieces found, that guy gets killed as well. The problem is that guy, he he is, you know, he has a relationship with um with Soyeon from the prison. Um, he, like, he's sort of like an uncle figure, uh, he's like a neighbor, right? He's like an uncle figure for their family. And then suddenly he disappeared from her life and no one knows who he is. And so she finds out that Oyun Sok killed the guy. I don't want to go into too much detail. I think I've already gone into too much detail. I've sort of gone haywire with explanations and stuff. Um, but, yeah, no. Um, Oyun Sok realizes that she's gonna get, um... She's going to get uh, caught by the police and served a sentence of a lifetime in prison. And she doesn't want that to happen. And she's trying to convince the main character of the future to 
give her information on what gets her caught so she can avoid that, right? The main the main character is like, no, no, you killed you killed my pseudo uncle. I'm not I'm not letting that happen. So she disconnects the call and she's not like she no she doesn't want that to happen. So obviously the Oyun Sok, the girl from the past, now turned murderer, is like really angry about this because she knows the police is gonna find her so she in order to get the main character's attention because she's not picking up the phone she kills the dad which is crazy and it i think it was so it that was actually very very upsetting the reason why it was so upsetting was because we already know that the dad's death when she, when the main character's young uh like younger like a child affected her a lot and her relationship with her mother right and then now she suddenly has her dad back for only a few days and it seemed like a picture perfect life her dad's a farmer and he's living the life and he's happy and he's teaching her how to drive and they're having that father-daughter bonding moments that they never actually got to have in reality but then literally mid-driving session he suddenly just shatters and disintegrates before her eyes like the blip from the marvel movies and then she's She's all alone and her dad's like doesn't exist. She goes back to the house that she lives in and finds it destroyed and on the floor in red crayon or some or red paint or something it says So Young So Young answer the phone. And then it's just from then on it's just it goes really crazy. I I'm I honestly don't know how to explain the rest of the movie because I myself don't know what's going on kind of like I know what's going on but I don't know what's going on if you know what I mean like it's it's very very confusing because it's it flips between timelines it flips from 1999 to 2019 a lot but the problem is 2019 always changes how it looks because the the actions of 1999 affect 2019 so it always looks different so we as the audience get confused a lot on what is actually going on which is obviously the point of the movie it's supposed to be confusing and you're supposed to pay a lot of attention to what's going on eventually it gets to a point where um in the past in 1999 Oyun has killed uh the main character's father and has kidnapped a child version of Soyeon um and uh now and then she kills a police officer that comes looking for you know for the missing people and then also she kill like she eventually kills um Soyeon's mother as well who came looking as well and it just gets all over the place um oh, I, I'm actually very hesitant to explain what's going on in the latter half of the film because it's actually so confusing it's just because I'm very aware of how similar the names sound. Like, foreign names are very easy to get mixed up. Like, Soyeon and Oyeon So. Um, if you're not used to the names, when you, when it's said so many times, like any other word, you lose track of its meaning and it means nothing. Especially when I'm like, oh, Soyeon from 1999 and Soyeon of 2019. Oh, and then Yeon from 1999. Oh, but then there's Yeon from 2019 as well. Like, there's four characters now all of a sudden two of which have the same name from each other and it's just is very confusing so you'll have to watch the movie yourself to fully understand it properly but basically the gist is finally we get to a f um form of 2019 where when she walks into the house because just as a reminder so yon and oyon so they both live in the same house okay it's just different timeline. Oyun so lived in that house in 1999.
before Soyeon's father bought that house off of Oyeonsook's abusive mother. And that's when um, Soyeon's family moved in to live in that house. So that's how they bought the house, right? So Oyeonsook lives in that house, 1999, and Soyeon lives in that house, 2019, okay? So it finally gets to a form of 2019 where... When she walks into the house, the house looks completely different, right? So just just to tell you, with every time the future changes, um, the house changes as well. Like the first time that the first time the house changed when the father was brought back to life, like it was all modernized, the walls were painted blue, it was really cute, and it was like it was a vibe, right? But then um, when the father was killed. When she went to the house where on the floor it says, so you on pick up the phone, the house was in tatters, like the window was broken, like there was furniture strewn around the house and it was just dark and abandoned very clearly, right? And then finally when Soyeon like gives in uh, and goes to and tells Yeon so what what it was, what piece of evidence that it was that the audience, not the audience, that the cops had found that had made her go to jail, uh, she had obviously gotten rid of that evidence and therefore, she did not go to jail. Therefore, she is out and about and free and the future changed again. And when the future changed again, the main character, Soyeon, goes into the house and the house changed again from being abandoned to being not abandoned, I guess. And it's very clearly lived in and there are just, like, oh, actually the house was actually so creepy. Wait, I don't know how to explain it, like, she goes down to this house, and suddenly the living she goes into these rooms, and every room has fridges. Like, there's six, seven, eight fridges per room, and inside those fridge, you could see these black, tiny, tiny black bags. And then she goes to the storeroom, and there's more tiny black bags, and they're everywhere. Which implies that Oyeon Sok didn't just kill her mom, the strawberry uncle guy, her dad, uh, like... Uh, the main character's dad, the main character's mom, the police officer. Like, there's that's already five people, right? Like, pretty much. She kills more people if those all those fridges and all those black bags imply. She's a serial killer who kills for the sake of killing at this point. She loves it. She loves the power trip because she was so... She was in such uh, scrutiny before where she had no choice over her own autonomy that suddenly being able to have all this power over someone else's autonomy... That, like, I guess gets her off. I don't know. Um, and so she finds genuine pleasure of it. So Soyeon goes into the house because she needs to find that cordless phone again in order to contact the past, future. I don't even know at this point. But she does get in contact with her mom of the past and tells her mom to get out of the house because or else, the mo- like, Yeonsook is going to kill the mom. Things happen. A chase scene happens. And, like, you know, everything culminates to a point... And then something happens. <laughs> That's a terrible description. I'm sorry. I'm really bad at explaining this. It's just, it's crazy. Like, um, because the mom from the past is running away from Oyeon Suk of the past, but So Yeon from the present is running away from Yeon Suk of the present. Because, yeah, Yeon Suk, now that she's not in prison, she lives in that house, which means there's now a present or future version of Yeon Suk running around that house chasing after So Yeon. And it's actually just crazy. And everything culminates and it comes to a point and then suddenly the future changes again and the house is abandoned again and it's dusty and everything. So the main character, Soyeon, doesn't know what happened. Did her mom die? Did 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 it work? Did, did she survive? Like, what's up? 
she goes to the grave where her she visited her dad in the beginning, and then, boom, uh, like, her dad is, like, uh, still dead, <laughs> obviously, uh, and she thought it was her mom's grave or something, I'm, oh my god, I'm actually so confused, but when she turns, she finds her mother there, and it's, like, uh, really cute, they get a reunion, and, you know, the mother is confused, like, oh, honey, why are you crying, because she doesn't know anything, and Soyeon is just, like, crying because she's just like she has a new appreciation for her mother and she's just like glad that her mother's alive and that she at least has this one thing and they you know they link arms and they walk past into the sunset together and it's just a really cute heartwarming scene and then it fades to black and then the cast comes on and it says starring Park Shin Hai and then we're like, wow, happy ending. It turns out it's good. Because um, it turns out that um, the mother had actually did end up killing Yeon Suk. Like, she, the mother pushed Yeon Suk off of the second floor onto the ground floor. And they both fall to the ground. So that's what we see. And it just ends like that. And I'm like, oh my god, thank god. Everything is so sweet. Everything's so happy. Yay! But no. <laughs> No, it doesn't end like that. We were tricked because it faded to black, and then we got we saw the um we saw the uh, the the cast names like Passion High, blah blah blah. But no, because then we see the mother glitch in and out of existence, and then the mother disappears, and then that whole reality shatters to pieces. Because and then we get a flashback because the timing in this movie is crazy. We get a flashback and Oh Yun Sook from the present had the phone right, and she had call she was on the phone and she was actually calling Oh Yun Sook herself from the past and she was like, "Yo, um, I think you're gonna get caught. You need to change. You need to change what's gonna happen." And the um a cop. And So Yeon's mother is gonna come to the door. You need to kill them ASAP. Which is different to how it first played out, where she just let them in and you know talked and interrogated and stuff like that. So after receiving that call, the girl of the uh, Oyun So of the past obviously was like, okay, I'll listen to Future Me, and she killed the mom and the police officer immediately and kidnapped So Yeon. So. Like I said, going back to the graveyard scene, the mother shatters in and out of existence, disappears, and then that whole memory disappears, and then suddenly we're in the basement where Soyeon finds herself awake again and she's tied to a chair and it sounds like she's being electrocuted, I don't know. She's crying and she's screaming in pain and then fade to black, for real this time. And then it's like directed by blah 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 and I'm like, Oh my god, sorry. Directed by Lee Chong-hyun. And then blah blah. I was like, oh my god. This is how it ends? This is how it ends? Like, th wait. What? This is how it ends? Like, what the? What, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean it ends like this? What do you mean it ends like this? That's not, that's not fair. That's not fair. That's just, that's crazy. That's not. So you're telling me Oyeon Sok, who used to be besties with Soyeon, like through some sort of time, a strange thing, killed everyone that Soyeon loved and then kidnapped her as a kid. And that means Soyeon lived as a prisoner in that basement for the rest of her life. That means Oyunso is alive, actually? What? What What do you mean? What What are you on? Oh, okay, I don't know. I don't know. I'll get into all my thoughts and all, like, and my 
I don't know, theories, I guess, uh, after this break, because I think you guys need to process that just as I need to process it. So, yeah, now I'll see you guys in a wee bit. What do you want from me? Why don't you run from me? What are you wondering? What do you know? Why aren't you scared of me? Why do you care for me? When we all fall asleep, where do we go? Come here. Say it, spit it out. What is it exactly? Your pain is the amount cleaning you out. Am I satisfactory? Today I'm thinking about the things that are deadly. The way I'm drinking you down like I wanna drown, like I wanna end me. Step on the glass, staple your tongue. Ah, bury a friend, try to wake up. Ah, cannibal class, killing the sun. Ah, bury a friend, I wanna end me. You expected me to make you my art and make you a star and get you connected. I'll meet you in the park, I'll be calm and collected. But we knew right from the start that you'd fall apart because I'm too expensive. Your talk would be something that shouldn't be said out loud. Honestly, I thought that I would be dead by now. Calling security, keeping my head held down. Bury the hatchet or bury your friend right now. Sell my soul Cause I can't say no No, I can't say no Then my limbs are frozen My eyes won't close And I can't say no I can't say no Careful Step on the glass Step with your tongue uh, Bury a friend Try to wake up Welcome back. I don't know, what is it with me and, you know, doing topics that are quite dark recently. Like, last episode I did The Glory, which is about revenge, and this one's about a murder. That's crazy. I think, mainly, now, obviously, I gave you guys a whole rundown the previous part, like, previously, and that was probably a bit too long, but now you guys can finally hear what I think about it. Um, my god, it was a very confusing movie. Like, I loved it, though. And it kept it like keeps you on your toes and everything. But I just the only thing that makes me feel really sad is So Yeon and Oh Yeon Sok's relationship. Like it started off super super cute. Like oh my god! Like obviously Oh Yeon Sok saved So Yeon's dad, right? And then they continue talking on the phone. And then So Yeon like 
um, you know, goes on YouTube and records like this, like concerts and stuff for of um Oh Sok's favorite uh, artist, like favorite idol, and so she gets to listen to it on the phone, and she even records it on a cassette tape and everything, so she could listen to it whenever she wants, and in return. Oyun Sook would like, you know, do give her favorite like candy snacks and stuff and put it in a tin and bury it, sort of like a time capsule, except it's a food capsule. And then Soyeon would unbury it in the future. Obviously it's like moldy and stuff, but it's like the thought that counts. And it's just super cute and they're both like they're both girls just being girls, sort of thing, you know? They're both best friends. They're both 28 years old and they're like they're vibing, you know, they're living happy lives. But things just deteriorate from there and it's just it's so it's so upsetting how Oyeon Sok, a girl who was so vulnerable, a girl who just wanted companionship, turned into such a vile monster. She went from someone who was trapped in her room and wanting freedom from her, mon- her, from her controlling mother to being the new monster, you know? To being the bane of other people's existence. The doom of other people's existence, actually. You know? And that's just... I don't know, that's that's actually just so sad. Like, that, that development of her character, that deterioration of her psyche. We know that, we find later on that we know she's got, like, um, she's got mental health issues. Like, she's got a borderline personality disorder, antisocial personality disorder, and stuff like that. We find out later on as well that the reason why her mom was, like, so controlling and so you know, spiritual and stuff was that. Because you know how um, uh, Oyun Sok uh, has really bad energy and stuff like that, right? And the mom knew that. The mom actually got flashes of this, of, like, this future where she keeps killing people and stuff like that, which is why the mom, like, you know, which is why the mom um, kept her locked up and stuff because she wanted to save humanity from Oyun Sok's rage. Um, and that's why she wanted to kill her because that's just, that's the only way to save the world from it. So... I guess you could say maybe the mom had good-ish intentions, but it's really ironic, I think. It really, it, I don't know. What I find ironic is that the only reason why Oyun so had started on this murderous rampage was because of her mother, and it was because of the way her mother treated her. If her mother hadn't treated her the way she did, and Oyun Sok was able to make proper friends and was able to leave the house and was able to eat the food that she wanted to eat, you know, like a normal person, perhaps she wouldn't have turned out the way that she did. It doesn't mean she would be a normal individual. She would still struggle in society. I mean, yeah, she does have she does have borderline personality disorder and she does have antisocial personality disorder. Like, she's not going to live like a normal life, but she'll do her best to to emulate that, you know? And to think that her mother had good intentions. It was executed so badly. She wanted to save humanity by what? Like, treating her daughter like like that? And it was just... It was a terrible cycle that sort of fed into each other. If her mother hadn't treated her the way she did, she probably wouldn't have turned out into a psycho murderer weirdo. But the mother treated her that way because she saw glimpses of the future that saw her daughter being a psycho murderer widow you know (laughs) so it just it was a cycle that fit into each other and it wasn't it wasn't great and to think that so yon had started off with living a normal life yes poor her mother was was terminally ill and she was fatherless but at least she had a mother and but then she ended up being locked up in a basement 
alone with everyone she cared about, quite literally yanked from her life, dead. Except if you think about it from that perspective, from the way the real ending ended, if Oyun Sok from the past, from 1999, if she truly did get a call from 2019 Oyun Sok, her future self, and had killed the mother and the police officer that had come to interrogate her straight away, that means the child version of Soyeon was always with her, right? Which means Oyeon Sok had pretty much raised Soyeon in that house as a prisoner in that basement. Which means Soyeon had never actually truly left that house ever since she was a child. That is really, really trippy to think about. Like, and, and like, Yeon Sok's fascination with Soyeon is more of a perverted personal pleasure rather than a sense of trying to save her own bum. Like, whereas she was killing other... Like, she killed her mother because her mother tried to kill her. She killed the strawberry uncle guy because the strawberry uncle guy found the body of her mother. She killed the police officer and the main character's mother because they came to investigate about the missing people case, right? She... Yes, she enjoyed doing it, but the there was a necessity there first. Like, she had to do it to save her own bum and keep herself free. But whereas, but whereas like, uh, Soyeon is concerned, that's more of a personal, personal issue. Because Soyeon was a friend of Yeonso. Like, Yeonso had considered Soyeon a friend. And she had perceived it a betrayal that Soyeon had prioritized her parents above their friendship. Because she didn't understand that. Because she never had any other friendships or relationships that was positive other than Soyeon. So Soyeon having other people that was important to her, Yeonso took that personally. And so she's angry. She's betrayed. And especially after Soyeon had tried to kill her and frame her and stuff later on in the movie. um, And tried to lead her astray. So every th- so at this point it was hatred. This this friendship, like positive bubble thing that they had, was shattered, and now it's turned into deep resentment. And Oyeon Sok likes having this power over Soyeon now, which is why she doesn't just kill Soyeon straight up because they have history, and they and I think deeper down inside, in a way, Yeon Sok recognizes that so- Soyeon is the only person who she actually has a real-life connection with. Because if we see the fridges and stuff in that house, all those black bags, those are all the people who she had killed, obviously. We don't know how she had lived the next 20 years. Like, perhaps she did try to find friends. She did try to find boyfriends or whatever, or, like, some sort of normal relationship. But it just didn't end up working out because one way or another, they probably find out about the body or they found out that she was weird and they wanted to cut off relationships with her. And you see how she is with that sense of betrayal, right, with being abandoned. She gets angry. I mean, she killed Soyeon's dad for that. So, obviously, I can imagine her killing other people for that personal offense. So, in that case, even present day, Oyeon Sok is still lonely. The only person she has is young Soyeon, who she had kidnapped. So, even though she hates, she hates Soyeon so much, on a much deeper level, I think she clings to Soyeon 
like a lifeline, which is why Soyeon is still alive and being tortured and stuff. Because that is the only person and that is the only connection she'll ever have in her whole life. And that is still the pers- that same person who had drug- dug her out of that dark hole in the first place. Soyeon had still tried to save her um, from her mother in that first place. Like, they were friends first, sort of thing, you know? So in some sort of screwed up way, Yeonso still cares about Soyeon? I don't know. This could this this could be a stretch, but I'm just trying to put myself into her shoes, which is obviously very difficult because she's very mentally unstable and disturbed, but I don't know. I don't know. This is just my explanation for it, but I could be way off and if the director was listening to me right now, he'd probably be banging his head cuz he's just like, "Nope, that's that's not it, you dumb dumb girl." <laughs> so I'm sorry if my inter- interpretation is just way off, but that's just that's just the way that I was thinking about it. But I just wanted to point out, like, because the cinematography for this movie is absolutely phenomenal, right? Um, there was this uh, scene, you know how I said where everything culminates to a point and there was, like, that whole action fight scene where the mother was running away from past Oyonso and then um, Soyeon was running away from present Oyonso. I wanted to point out the parallels between those scenes because um, when... Soyeon's mother was running away from Oyeonso of 1999. She had looked up the stairs, she ran up the stairs, and she had locked, inso- locked herself inside of a room. And in the present, Soyeon is running away from 2019 Oyeonso, right? She looks up the stairs, she runs up the stairs, and she locks up herself up in that very same room. I just wanted to point out that parallel because I just thought that was genius. That was very... um. It was just very captivating and it was very interesting because it was to think they were both in that moment of crisis. They were both in the same room, practically. They were at the same place. They were just in a different time. And the mom is obviously confused about this girl who's advising her and talking to her on the phone and calling her mom, even though she is very clearly a grown woman and not her child. Um, So, yeah, no, I don't know. Uh, I just thought that was really cute. Well, not cute because they're both like, getting murdered and chased and stuff but like I just thought it was a very sweet parallel to have and um later on in the movie when the mother is like you know talking to her and stuff and uh Soyeon is having her moment of like oh my god she's alive and oh my god that's like I'm so glad everything's back to normal everything is great I just wanted to say how much that is different to in the beginning of the film where the um where Soyeon and the mother had really stilted conversations and it just, it wasn't great. It was just terrible. Like, their relationship was very clearly strained, right? And, um, the mother, and, like, um, now they're hugging and they're crying together and it was just, it's very sweet how that relationship developed. Even though in a technical sense, I didn't have to develop at all because in a sense that time, they had always been close. Like, from an outsider's perspective, who didn't know about all this time-changing influences and stuff, they would just think that they've always been close, if you know what I mean. I don't know how to explain it. My brain's not working right now. Some of you listening to me right now might be thinking, oh, but wouldn't that work? That wouldn't work. Like, this whole movie doesn't make sense. What about the grandfather paradox? And other people might be thinking, Asha... What the heck is a grandfather paradox? Well, let me tell you. I don't know too much about it. Um, I only know a little bit of details from all the time travel fix-it fix that I've read. 
Um, and if you know, you know. But if you don't, then all good. <laughs> but uh, the Grand Fire of the Paradox basically explores, um, like, time travel, but um, where this guy, like, let's say one man were to time travel back in the past, right? And he killed his grandfather. And if he killed his grandfather, his parents weren't. His father wasn't born. Therefore, if his father wasn't born, he wouldn't be able to be born either. But if he wasn't born, right, if he faded from existence, then how was he able to go back in time to kill his grandfather in the first place, right? So basically, what the grandfather paradox talks about is um, not being able to affect your own time because of... If you did affect your own time, it you wouldn't be able to affect your own time in the first place, sort of thing. Um, it's sort of complicated, um, or maybe not, I don't know, maybe I'm just explaining it badly. But if you are curious, do search it up, it's very interesting to read about. Um, so, some of you who do know about that might be wondering, how come the grandfather paradox isn't happening right now, in this movie? Because if the main character, Soyeon, had received the call, right... Uh, like, cause the main character, Soyeon, can, um, you know that phone is really special, right? That's the thing that connects 1999 and 2019, right? So she obviously calls, uh, obviously the, um, she tells, uh, the main character the, my god, my brain is not working. Sorry, let me start over. Um, obviously Soyeon tells Oyeon Sok about the murder, uh, the death of his, her, her father, right? So, obviously... Oyonsok goes, alright, bet, let me fix that. And then father comes back to life. But if the father did come back to life, right, then Soyeon would have no need to tell Oyonsok about the death of her father in the first place. And if she didn't tell Oyonsok about the death of her father, then Oyonsok wouldn't have known about it. And if she didn't know about it, then she wouldn't have saved the dad. And if she didn't save the dad, the dad wouldn't be saved. But if the dad wouldn't be saved... So, so Yon would tell Oyun Sok about it, and then Oyun Sok would save the dead, and then it's just this whole cycle where it cancels each other out, so it wouldn't work, right? Which, but the thing is, the grandfather paradox is obviously just a theory, um, because obviously, in case you guys didn't know, uh, time travel is not real, <laughs> so it's never been tested, um... So, I guess in this case, the director and the writer sort of just threw the, the grandfather paradox out the window. Because the rest, if the grandfather paradox did work, was a thing, then there wouldn't be a movie, you know? So, they obviously don't go by that theory. But I did remember, as I was watching the film, I had a theory when um, Oyun Sok was going to go and save the dad. I was just like, no, it's not going to work out. Because... Because at that time I was working on the assumption that the movie would follow the grandfather paradox theory. So um, that means whatever happens, happens. Like whatever happened already happened and that's cemented in place, right? So in that case, either Oyun Sok wasn't able to save the father at all or, plot twist, Oyun Sok may have accidentally been the real reason for her father's death in the first place, right? Because in order of trying to stop that death from happening, it actually caused the death, which therefore would enable Soyeon to continue her life thinking her father died because of this one thing, and then calling Oyeon Sok later on and telling her about it so Oyeon Sok can go and kill her father again. Like, that was my theory. So then it would just be this loop that just kept happening, um, but not cancelling each other out, you know? It would just uh, confirm or affirm um, each other in that sort of way, which I thought was pretty cool. 
And that was my theory at first. But no, actually, the way the father died was actually so much more different. Um, Oyun so did not was not the cause of the father's death, and she did actually, in fact, save him. And you know the original reason that Soyeon had told us um, how he died? He died because apparently her mother had forgotten to close the fire on the gas top, right? But actually, that was a lie. Yes, the mother did forget to close the fire, but later on she remembered and closed it. But young Soyeon had been looking at a kids show where they were doing pretend cooking. And the kids show was like, okay, we're going to open up the gas and we can start cooking. So kid Soyeon was like, oh, that is so smart. I should open up the gas. So Soyeon had actually ran to the kitchen and reopened the gas. And that had been the thing that caused the fire. Later on, when Oyeon was telling Soyeon about this, she was just like, well, aren't you just a little pathological liar? And then she was, like, saying how, actually, you and I aren't so different. We're exactly the same. And, like, Soyeon wasn't focusing on that at all because at the time, Oyeon had younger Soyeon uh, hostage. So she was a bit focused on other things. But that line really, like, stood out to me. Because <clears throat> I guess the real question is, how come these two have a connection? What is it about this phone like phone booth thing like this brick phone what is it about it that's so special that was able to connect 2019 and 1999 together me and my brother were thinking oh my god it would be so good if there was a sequel because we really obviously want Soyeon to get out alive and she's got a terrible ending right now as you know a serial killer's hostage and that's terrible but I don't think there will be a sequel I should search it up but I kind of can't be bothered but I just feel like where where could it go from there, you know? Um, where where can it continue on to? Like, yeah, she escapes the house and stuff, but even if she does escape the house and she does kill Yeonso, wh- where, where does it go? Like, So Yeon, who has been in the grasp of this woman for so long, her parents are dead, and that Ajushi is dead as well. <laughs> so what what is she to do? And you know something that I was also wondering? Where the heck is the police in this scene? Because, like, a, like, an officer literally went missing trying to find two missing peoples, right? And no one thought to investigate that? Because it was very clear that in that house, there were fridges and fridges worth of dead bodies, right? And there's a, quite clearly a torture chamber underneath the house. Like, obviously... In investigation, one of the first places that the police officers would have to look at would be the house that, like, missing police officer would go to, right? So they would obviously search that house. And in that house, it's filled with evidence. Like, it's not hidden at all. It's literally inside these glass, clear fridges. And there's, like, 12 or 30 in that house. You don't, you don't even know. Like, girls, girls vibing in evidence. And the police station, were like a while over is just like oh a police officer went missing and the mother and this entire family went missing huh weird anyway like that's literally exactly the vibe that i'm getting from them and useless 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 <laughs> oh that's another thing right in the very beginning of the film with the phone calls and stuff um the main character finds this 
wall to be hollow and she hollowed like she you know bangs on it and stuff and then finds that there's this whole room downstairs like there's a staircase that leads downstairs to a sort of bathroom-esque like area like there's tiles on the floor and there's a tub-ish thing next with like some pipes but there's like but there's a lot of like prayer-esque vibe stuff like very religious stuff like talismans and um I'm hesitant to know to I don't know what they're called but like very clearly things used in prayers right so she's just like huh and it's old and there's journals and stuff like that and it's it's weird uh it's crazy um and I was just like super freaked out and I was so scared there was gonna be a jump scare and someone was gonna jump out of nowhere but no no jump scare it was fine but then obviously later on by the end of that movie we that that basement prayer room thing ritual room had turned into a torture area for the main character where she's tied in a chair in the middle of that basement and I'm guessing that's just where she lives that's just where she is kept as like a pet for Oyunso and I don't know it's 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 crazy it's crazy out here but I don't know if you guys thought this whole episode was confusing and I just was gibberish this entire time I apologize but that is just even more of a uh, incentive for you to watch it and then you'll get what I'm saying and maybe you can come back to this later and think oh what Asha said makes sense or you can say oh my god Asha's a like friggin idiot because the things actually turned out very differently and she has no thought processes both are very solid thought processes and I can understand both so yeah no watch it it's great um it's very eerie there's not any jump scares so if that's like a thing for you then yeah no you're fine it's just it's a mystery thriller vibe and it's 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 good it's good no ghosts the most the, um, the most fantastical thing about it is the timeline thing but that's more science fiction I think so yeah no it's awesome shout out to Park Shin Hai and John Jung saw to play their roles because they both did great. Like Jung Jung saw played Oyeon Sok so well. Like I was genuinely terrified of her, and she's so psychotic and disturbed. And also Park Shin Hai. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't have the highest opinion of her before this. Like she's great. I know she's very famous. Like one of her like top hitters is Inheritors, or is. Um, I didn't really like that drama because that, but it was not because of the actress, but because of the character that she played and that character that she played was very much of a crybaby sort of vibe i might talk about airs in a different episode if you guys want to hear about it i don't know let me know um but yeah no she just was always crying in that kind of drama so i didn't really get to see a proper work of park shin high's acting prowess but she did phenomenal in this movie and um yeah she does cry in this movie but it's justified so all goods in that front but yeah, no, um, I look forward to talking about whatever talk I'll be talking about next week. And do let me know if you've watched it or if you haven't or if you think my thought process is dumb or if you think it's interesting, if you agree, whatever. Yeah, review, let me know, IDK. Uh, but yeah, no, I'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Thank you all for joining me today on Thoughts and Theories. I hope you've learned something new or taken away something to think about. I hope to see you all next time. Till then... This has been Thoughts and Theories with Asha Ama Asri. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.